This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. And load up on the phone lines at 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to, and of course we're also taking your text questions at 710-710 on the uh uh, on the, you know, it's certainly uh, the give us on Mac and Jack uh, text line, a Mac and Jack text line taken seven ten seven ten. Let's go to Rick in Norfolk, Arkansas. Hey, Nick. Hey, Rick. Hey, John. Boy, it's been a long time since I last called you. I know. Yeah, I moved to Arkansas, and I got your hot take. It's going to be the Seahawks and the Bears in the NFC Championship game. Who the do you Bears going to win? How do you see the Bears? Well, let's get some sleepers. The media is so vanilla all the time. They never want to go out on the limb. Right. Every year it's the same people they predict. So, and what happens almost every year? You know, Andy Reid finally wins the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that happen. Yeah, so, but again, why the, why the Bears? Well, I mean, you got Andy Dalton, the I quarterback. Don't see, I don't see Green Bay as as good as they are, and for some reason the Bears are the nemesis of, of Green Bay. I've. I, I grew up in Chicago. Right, I've always been right. a big Bears fan. But I'd, I'd love to see Justin Fields come on late in the season mm-hmm. and end up taking the team into the playoffs and getting hot. And it's like the hot goalie. you got a good young quarterback like you did with Russ in right. um, 2013, 2014. There was nobody better. And this is the season that Russ has to at least get this far. Uh-huh. Agreed. So I don't yeah. think any of the controversy or any of that stuff, it was all blown up in the media stuff. 100%. Mark I agree Rogers with that. had a lot to do with hyping up his name and making him relevant. Even, and he's still doing it now. I know. Isn't that ridiculous? I mean, how shut about, up, you know, uh, shut up. Yeah, you know, Mark Rogers comes back and you, you can see, you know, he got in the ear of Colin Coward. And so yesterday, Coward says, oh, I, well, you can see that the. Uh, they they're, they're have an agenda against uh, Russell Wilson because they're trying to get something done with Jamal Adams before Dwayne Brown, and so they're taking the defense over the offense, and that's because Pete Carroll's such a bad coach because all he cares about is the defense. It's like, we well, you he's just a, He's a Russell up? Wilson lover, but he's a Pete Carroll hater. Yeah. And he's always been on Pete's case, and he's always... And just, you know, I do what Pete does. Just ignore him. Yeah. He's a talking head, and uh, uh, you got Cowherd and... Uh, uh, Skip Bayless, and and you've got several internet people. There's mm-hmm. that one guy out of L.A. I love reading him just because, you know. Anyhow, no one's picking the Bears. So let's let's see what happens. Good defenses make it in the playoffs. Yeah, I know you got the 49ers. And, yeah. and, you know, so that might be the Darth Vader, but for some reason it's always the, what, what the about the but What about the running game, the lack of the running game, and the offensive line? Uh, I think their offensive line took a hit last year, so uh, we'll see what happens. But, but it's, it, 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 it's even, I think it's, I think it's even worse this year. You know, Tevin Jenkins, their first round pick, is not practice. I know. I wasn't happy with with what they got. I thought they should should have gone higher. But but Fields was there, so get Fields. Yeah, but again, you it's can't like get Walter Payton every year. You know. Yeah, I mean, but. Uh, in the case of uh, Fields, it's like he, he holds on to the ball 2.95 seconds, and <clears throat> if you put him behind that offensive line, particularly early in the season, which they won't, I mean, he's going to get destroyed because I you know, know. You know, I know. they lose Bobby Massey. You know, they cut Charles Leno. They don't have Tevin Jenkins out there. You know, Elijah Wilkinson, their uh, right tackle, who's an undrafted guy, 
from a couple years ago. I mean, he's on the COVID's list. In in a way, it's like the Seahawks with their offensive line. They were never that big of a priority. I know that they uh, back in the day they had a hard time giving Jimbo Covert, mm-hmm. who was by probably one of the best in the league, uh, wouldn't wouldn't give him a contract extension, and he was going to sit out. He showed up at camp anyway. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, um, I, I figured that's some food for thought, and you know, uh, uh, you should check out the fishing out here. Those those guys. Don't know what they're missing with uh, 30-pound brown trout oh, on really? the White River. Wow. I'm sitting on my deck looking at it. There's some guy floating out in the fog right now. Oh, nice, nice. And yeah, we had four inches of rain. I wish we could have sent some of that to Seattle, but oh well. Yeah, well, just get just get the heat out because, again, it's just been way too hot here. 90 degrees and, I mean, all the it's, – it's, it's just been brutal. Yeah, you've got our humidity. Now, it dropped down to 75 yesterday when mm-hmm. that storm came through, and it's still cloudy. So there's the, there's the Arkansas weather forecast. There you go. My wife, my, my, the my wife went to Arkansas grad school, so she... Uh, so That's she, right. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, so she knows... Okay, it. well, I'll keep listening. Let other callers get on the line. I'll talk to you from time to time. But Okay, sounds God good, God bless Rick. you, Professor. You are, you are a national treasure, and I'm so glad that you're in the Northwest. Hey, thank you so much. ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Give us a call. And, of course, we also will go on the Mac and Jack's text line to take your text questions from the 206. John, what what do the COVID protocols look like this season? Are they more or less restrictive than last year? I I think they're more restrictive because now what you're talking about is that they're not going to move games. Uh, you know, if you if you have an outbreak, particularly with you know a bunch of uh, unvaccinated guys, that, that uh, you know you're going to have to forfeit. Both teams are going to lose all the money as far as the players they have to make. The team that you know has to forfeit has to make up some of the revenue expenses and pay that. Uh, I mean, you know, if you're if you're still at a lower level, I mean, if you're not at the uh, you know 18 teams that you know have like 95 percent. Uh, you know vaccinations, then uh, you know you, the player, the the players can't uh, fly on charters. They have to take separate flights. They have to uh, wear masks all the way through. They can't eat with their teammates. So uh, there's a lot more restrictions. And of course, you know it, you know where last year, I mean, you can go on the COVID list and uh, you know whether it's contact or positive tests but now this year there's a chance that if you go on the COVID list with a positive test and you're unvaccinated you can get fined and maybe in some cases you could end up getting cut so there's certainly more things right now that are there because the mission right now of the league is to try to get just about every player to get vaccinated which is understandable because again i mean you risk a lot i mean look for, for example you had uh, you know a positive test for one of the Houston offensive line starters. And so now three guys from the offensive line who start are on the COVID's list. And so they're going to be in short uh, uh, for their for their game, Houston, coming up. So that's not going to be a good thing. And, uh, you know, I've counted up so far on the COVID's list. And, again, we're only, you know, in, heading into the first week of the preseason. You know, there's already been close to 100 players that have been on the COVID's list. There's more than 60, 70 guys who have tested positive. So that hasn't been good. So that's a very scary thing. Uh, and again, the Mac and Jack text line, of course, is uh, 710-710 from the 360. Uh, Professor, any predictions for the Seahawks preseason record? I don't know. It, it doesn't really matter, but I'd love to see some wins. I mean, you know, maybe 
two and two or I mean two and one or one and two. It's like it doesn't matter because again, who's playing? I mean, and who are who are you playing against? And again, it's like uh, I mean, you're going to have some teams that aren't going to hardly play anybody. I mean, uh, certainly they're playing you know three teams in the uh, AFC West, and I think most of those guys they may have to do some things like i don't know who's not going to play for the raiders tonight i don't know if Derek carr is going to be out there we don't know how much russell wilson's going to play so that's going to be a big question mark so that's i think one of the things that again you get texas at 710 710 on the mac and jacks uh, text line will we get an announcement this season on the washington football team's real name similar to what happened in cleveland with the guardians in uh, major league baseball this year no they've already kind of made the decision which way they're going to go but they're not going to announce it until next year so all this season they're going to be known as the washington football team and they'll come up with something next year so we will not know anything this year unless it leaks <clears throat> and then finally from the 360 what do you hope to see from the seahawks tonight how much do you think russell wilson will play this preseason don't think he's going to play a lot I think, you know, he'll just have some cameo appearances and all those different things. I mean, certainly what you want to see is, you know, Geno Smith with the offense and you know, Alex Magoo and guys like that. You know, how the running game's going to go. I mean, the big thing is to come out healthy because, again, you don't want to get the injuries and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, it's still going to be, you know, uh, again, these you can see there's a – you know, these preseason games uh, aren't, aren't going very well. I mean, they're they're interesting because it's football, but still, you know, there's so many guys that are sitting out and not being on the field. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN, John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Yeah. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Uh, and so, uh, Matt, who do, who do we have in the line right now? Let's go to Blair in Tacoma. Hey, Blair. How you doing there? Good. How are you? Uh, great. I love your show every Saturday. I just have a couple of questions about the NFC West in general. Yeah. I know ESPN did the FPI ranking, uh, I think, last week, and they had a Seattle... San Francisco all and the Rams all chances to make the playoffs all over sixty percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, I think five or six. I think five or six points separate all three of them. Um, just a quick question: With New Orleans being really down, that actually could be really down. Could you see? I know it's a long shot. Could you see all four? I know Arizona's got a lot of work to do. Could you see all four NFC West teams make the playoffs? I could. I think there's a chance. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Because when, when you look at the big picture, it's like okay, New Orleans with the uh, 11 starters that they're down at the beginning of the season. You know, the, and it, you know they, they just don't have anything at the receiver position. So I think they're definitely in trouble. I mean, uh, I think there's going to be a little bit of a drop in Green Bay. I mean, even though they're bringing the same team basically back together, you know, it's like I think that uh, you can see there's a lot. Of, there's some disharmony on that team. And their offensive line isn't as good. I mean, they have Aaron Rodgers, which gives them a chance. You know, you look at the NFC North, and I don't know 
I mean, you look at I I I I, I look at uh, Chicago and Minnesota being you know pretty close to being 500 type teams, not real winning teams. And then you look at the NFC East, and what do you really have there? I mean, you have easy schedules. There's no doubt about that. But also, uh, you know, other than say Dallas, uh, with Dak Prescott's going to be there, who who can be you know, able to win more than nine games? So yeah, I could see if Arizona can get to nine wins, they might have a chance. And I have another question. Um, this is about Sean McVay. I know his whole what he brought to the NFL was revolutionary. Yeah, but Shanahan was first to do it, and he did. But he does not. He seems to get a pass when it comes to Jared Goff. I mean, that, or maybe that whole that organization that they gave him over thirty million. And no one really talks about how bad of a mistake they made. And you know, you look at what they're doing now. They're giving them two first rounds for an aging Matthew Stafford, and basically, then they're, they're probably not going to get another franchise quarterback. You know, young quarterback for quite a while so I, I just wonder he never really seems to take any heat when stuff goes wrong people are still fascinated with him do you still do you have that same opinion or well, again <clears throat> sean mcveigh doesn't do the contracts you know less need okay. and the okay. front office does the contracts and so it's like uh you know so sean stays i mean as, as most coaches will they stay out of it so you can't uh, criticize sean mcveigh for anything as far as you know what a player gets or anything of that nature and again it's the price of keeping players and of course i mean you look at it and you say okay well jared goff got this team to the super bowl they he had a bad game in the super bowl and sean mcveigh had an even worse game as far as play calling in the super bowl so it's like uh you know you you see that but uh <clears throat> you know you you can see that uh he you know sean doesn't take a lot of criticism i mean he's a good coach but uh you know right now it's a matter of okay uh you know, where, where do you stand? And, I mean, you can see as time went on, I mean, he just got sick of Jared Goff. I mean, he, you know, he's lost okay. a lot of coaches on his coaching staff. I think he has to take some criticism for that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, in the case of Goff, I mean, you know, he kind of pulled away from the total management of Jared Goff. And Jared Goff didn't pick things up. And, you know, Sean McVay got sick of it. And so it's like at the end, he just wanted to get rid of him. Okay, my last question is about um, the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. Everybody's so enamored with uh, Trey Lance, the, the young quarterback. Could he really? I've heard, I have, I have a couple of friends down in the Bay Area and on the talk radio that talking about how well he's looked in camp. Do you think there's a chance that he could replace, especially if Garoppolo kind of struggles at the beginning? Um, I don't think he's in a franchise. I think he's a good quarterback yeah. now, Francis. But could you see them making a switch midseason, even though even if they have a winning record, or would they stick with Garoppolo throughout the season? No matter. Well, what? if they if they have a winning record, then they won't make a switch. But if they struggle a little bit, or if, uh, you know, certainly if uh, you know he gets hurt, because remember, you're talking about a quarterback and Jimmy Garoppolo has missed 23 of 48 starts as a 49er. Missed 23 games, almost half the games that he's been there, and that's got to be a big concern. And so if that's going to be a problem, then, uh, I mean, you can see that Trey's going to get in there. But I know yesterday, for example, John Lynch was on one of the radio stations down in San Fran and said that, uh, say what you want, Trey Lance is you know, trying to push for the job and trying to do some things. And so, uh, you know, he's not going to win it, I think, at the beginning because what, you know, you've got, uh, you know, 
Kyle Shanahan wanting to win, and he has a better chance to win with an established quarterback. But, uh, you know, Trey Lance has done so well <clears throat> that he's in the mix. So we'll see. But I think right now they're going to start the regular season with Jimmy Garoppolo, and then we'll see how long it takes for Trey Lance. Lance will get on the field because what they'll do is, you know, put like you do with Taysom Hill, put some running plays in that uh, you know he can do some things with. So I can see that happening. Well, thank, thank you for taking my call, Professor. You're a great show. Hey, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to David in Seattle. Hey, David. Hi, John. Hi. Great show this morning. Oh, thank you. Uh, maybe you're helping to clear the air. <laughs> well, I know. It's like, it was, it is, it was pretty, it's been pretty bad. I mean, yesterday was just so gloomy with the uh, haze and everything else. Well, and, and the 90-plus temperature. And the 90-plus right? temperature. And, again, we're going to have to suffer through that again today. But <laughs> let's hope that this is the last day we have to do that. Well, hey, I, you know, I, I really agree with your take on, on Garoppolo and him just being unavailable. That's kind of true of a lot of their stars in their in their roster. Yeah, so many of them haven't played a full season, or they played one season and then nothing after that. It's crazy that that so many of the national analysts think that the Forty ers are going to be, you know, competing for uh, you know one of the top mm-hmm. playoff spots. I I don't see it. Well, again, it's like I think that, uh, you know, they've certainly run into some problems with the injuries uh, because, like last year, I think they had 150 missed starts, uh, which led the league. And they've had that problem now for the last couple of years. I know talking to John Lynch, uh, you know, one of the things he did in the draft this year, he tried to make sure he got players that didn't have injury histories. Because right. if you have injury histories in college, they usually carry over to the pros. But, like, for example, I mean, you can see that, you know, they brought Quam Alexander in, and he was he was hurt. You know, D. Ford, they made the trade for, paid him $17 million, and he's hardly been on the field because, because of injuries. Uh, their defensive well, we, line, you know, su- suffered through. They made— Bosa, And Bosa hasn't hardly practiced at all in camp. Hasn't he? I mean, you know. No. I, the, it, all the— all the the Bay Area analysts are talking about where's Nick Bosa? Is mm-hmm. is he okay? Uh, he's done a few drills, but no one on ones, and almost no seven on sevens and eleven on elevens. Yeah. So it, it, it's really strange that that they are getting the kind of press that they are. Well, let, let, it's first first preseason game. Let's talk Seahawks. Yeah. And by, by the way, so, back to the back to the Forty ers since two thousand and thirteen. I think they've had. 14 or 20, something like that, ACL tears. They've had more than any other team in the league. Well, and, you know, there is a controversy in the Bay Area. I I listen uh, a lot to the broadcasts down there about Shanahan not knowing how to actually train for durability and health. Hmm. And, uh, you know, his, his training staff, I believe the most current training staff, he hired from a hockey team, an NHL team. Wow. So it, it's a crazy deal, and boy, they, it's controversy down there. It's kind of fun to, to follow along somebody else's problem. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of problems, I'm wondering why no one has actually kind of addressed the elephant in the room. Russ has talked repeatedly about wanting to be the best ever. And what we know about the best ever currently is that he played for less money for year after year after year. And it gave Bill Belichick the ability to bring in other players, bring in what might be more high-priced free agents, um, just be prepared to spend the money if they needed to 
put field a winning team. And I haven't heard anybody call out Russ and say, hey, Russ, you know, you said you'd be willing to restructure. Are you willing to just take less money? I don't see why you should. Well, again, I agree. Let's all get paid. But at the same time, calling out basically the team saying, you know, we need to get Dwayne Brown in here. And I know your take. Your take on Dwayne Brown is he's a great left tackle and it would be great to get him signed. But that, you know, a top three NFL safety is got to be the priority first. I mean, again, um, because he's young. Yeah. And, I mean, he's going to be here longer than Dwayne Brown if he gets if he accepts the contract. Exactly. So anyway, I, I'm surprised nobody's talked about that at all. Hey, yeah, Tom, but, but also remember this as far as the Patriots. Sure. Tom Brady, you know, did take less, particularly in his last couple of contracts, but also Bill Belichick until this year didn't spend on free agency that much. No, no, he was he was masterful at it. There's yeah. no question about yeah, I mean, it. He, so. I mean, he would just take uh, role players and pay not not necessarily overpay them. But again, I mean, it's not like uh, you know he went out and spent big money like he did this year with like two twelve and a half million dollar tight ends and eleven million dollar wide receiver. I mean, you know, you can say that Tom Brady opened the door to try to you know help things, but again, it's not like uh, Bill Belichick went out and spent big money. He didn't. In fact, he let people go. I mean, yeah. uh, can you imagine letting Chandler, Chandler Jones go? Mm-hmm. That just that confounds me. The guy is such a spectacular pass rusher, and he's like, yeah, we don't need that guy. Yeah, I mean. So, yeah, you're, you make an uh, absolutely wonderful point. So I'm curious what you think about the rotation on the defensive line for the Seahawks. It feels like Pete is trying to create kind of his own version of the of the. Uh, early 2000s Giants NASCAR package, you know, Dunlop and Hyder and um, Robinson, who has really come on great for, what was he, a fifth-round pick, I think? Right, yeah, yeah. And and Puna Ford, who I anticipate Ford will be, as a three-tech, he will be a disruptor Mm -hmm. because he's so fast. He's so quick off the ball, and so much of what he had to do last year was take on double teams. Right, exactly. And and as a three tech, he won't see nearly that much playing some next to somebody like Hyder or or uh, Dunlop. So I I really see great numbers. I know you kind of um, have noted over and over again the last seven games of 2020 that pass rush was very good. Yeah, and 40, ended it, up with 46 sacks, and that you see it continuing going forward. Do you see a nine? Uh, eight or a nine-man rotation on that defensive line. Mm, yeah, I mean they're probably going to keep you know maybe nine or ten, but I could see a lot more rotation, and, and, and I guess it's somewhat similar to a degree to 2013 because remember that's when they brought in Michael Bennett. They brought in uh, you know uh, you know and then you know, Michael Bennett didn't even start, and so it's like uh, you know they they definitely tried to uh, you know get more pass rush, and I think that they can do that. But, again, there's going to be more rotation, and I think that's smart. You've got a 17-game schedule. Uh, you've got, uh, you know, right now a lot of guys that uh, you, you don't want to put them out there uh, for 50 plays or stuff like that. So I think that could work out, and they can be fresh. But certainly you don't want to rotate them too quickly because, again, they still need to get in there so they can set themselves up to set up the tackles or the defensive linemen they're going or offensive linemen they're going against to do it. Hey, thank you for the phone call. Thanks, John. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. 
This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Jonas in Jacksonville. Hey, Jonas. Hey, how's it going, John? Good, how are you? Big fan. Thank you. I'm great. Huge fan of your uh, viewpoints on the Seahawks. I grew up listening to you and very analytical viewpoints. Um, I read his book, Win Forever, uh, uh-huh. Pete Carroll's book, Win Forever, excuse me. Yeah. And uh, I think that with your view on kind of being there at camp and seeing how things are going, my biggest question is, are you seeing a lot of like secret talent that maybe wouldn't be spoken about unless you were like there to see it? Nah, not really. I mean, again, I think what you see is a, it's a, just a good, deep football team. I think that's the encouraging thing about it. I mean, you know, the, the one thing is, particularly, you know, in a year like this, you're, you're not going to see as many sleepers because, again, all league-wide, and it has nothing to do just with the Seahawks, it, the, the league-wide, I mean, this <clears throat> draft was not good, okay? And that's one of the reasons that, uh, you know, John Snyder, you know, really wasn't as adamant about trying to get his usual 10 to 11 draft choices because, you know, you're looking at, you know, so many opt-outs. You're looking at, uh, you know, a lot of guys that had limited playing time. And, again, you also have the super seniors, and the super seniors are the guys that, uh, you know, decided to go back for a second uh, senior year in college. And so what you basically had was a list of, you know, just a little over 600 guys who are considered to be draftable as opposed to the what will you know normally is going to be over a thousand and so be, because of that you see a limited bunch of guys as far as the undrafted players and not a great list of guys as undrafted players so I think that's just one of the models this year and then the other thing is of course with the eight percent reduction in the salary cap to 182.5 you, you know you have you know less movement as far as guys you have more minimum salary guys than you ever have you basically have no middle class and so you know sleepers on the seahawks and sleepers on other teams i mean it's it's harder to find this year than any year i can ever remember Hmm. that's an interesting take i think uh as far as like money goes i think it's just getting spread out uh, a little bit more evenly among rosters overall Mm -hmm. and i think the seahawks are such a team uh, in general, it's hard to pay, uh, what, you know, like Adams, why would you pay Jamal Adams more than Bobby Wagner? It would disrupt the entire locker room, in my view. Right. And they have kind of a precedent of holding to when they pay guys and in, in what year of their contract and all of those things. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a, a pretty cool thing to see uh, play out. I'm really excited about our offensive line. Um, you know, nobody likes to see Dwayne Brown holding out. Obviously, he's the best guy we could have in, in that spot. But... You know, even if Adams and Brown hold out, you know, into you know three or four weeks into the season, I think we're going to be having so much team success that they're going to want to be part of it. And you know, obviously, people if they're in contention for a Super Bowl, they're going to be more inclined to, you know, want to be part of that. I think. Yeah. So I, I think that's safe to say. And again, I think that uh, you know the the thing on the Dwayne Brown thing is that uh, you know they need to get Jamal Adams done first. I mean, he's the bigger ticket. He's the one that uh, you know you've got to manipulate the cap a little bit more because of him. You know, they've got uh, at least according to Bob Condota and 
Matthew uh, and uh, you know the Seattle Times that they came back and uh, you know they they've got an agreement as far as the number seventeen point five million, but there's an argument right now in the guarantee and to ask for forty million dollars on the guarantee as opposed to thirty eight. I mean it's totally unreasonable on their part and they're not going to do it. And so it's like uh, you know accept the thirty eight and get the thing done and then work on Dwayne Brown because the longer this thing lingers, the tougher it is for Dwayne Brown to get a contract. Yeah, and like you said, it would be harder to do the Dwayne Brown thing anyway because he's only probably going to get a one or two year yeah. extension to what he's already got, and that's you can't spread that out over. You can't backload a four year contract with a two year contract. No, but what you can do is you can put some voids in it. So in other words, I mean, because uh, they've already done that several times with several players, is that uh, I mean, let's say you do a, a one year extension or a two year extension, then of course you add three years of voids, and so you can get the cap number down like that. And so, uh, you know, that I think, you know, is going to be the challenge and it's something I think that they 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 want to do. But, uh, you know, again, it's not like Dwayne Brown's going to get a big raise. I know the big question this week is what would he get on the open market? And I know that, uh, you know, some people think it would have been 12, but I, I don't think he would. Because, again, if you're a uh, you know, 36-year-old offensive lineman, I'm, I've watched uh, all these offensive linemen that are in their 30s you know, have to either take big pay cuts or, uh, you know, be cut or anything like that. I mean, I think, you know, on the open market, I mean, you know, you know Eric Fisher got $8.3 million. You know, you would think that Dwayne Brown may get nine. You know, Alejandro Villanueva, you know, who was a left tackle, 33 years old in Pittsburgh. I mean, he went to Baltimore to be a right tackle, and he got two years, $9 million, 4.5 a year. Yeah, and it might be – you might be able to say that he's worth paying, you know, $10, 10 million a year. Yeah, I think, that, I think he's worth paying. Yeah, the the problem here is that like what if, you know, he does kind of turn sour about it, which I don't see him doing. He's always been kind of a professional about things. But you know, why wouldn't you go with somebody like um Russell Okung who's out there? You don't know if he's really in shape or not, but he's been with our team. He has that familiarity. Would it be that big of a drop off for him to be able to plug in at left tackle for a few weeks or something? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, don't know where Russell is right now. And also, you know, Russell has taken the position that he doesn't want to be paid in dollars. He wants to be paid in Bitcoin. Well, they're not going to do that. <laughs> well, he can make it. He can yeah. exchange it however he wants after yeah. the fact. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, Jonas, thank you for the phone call. Well, I don't want to take your time. Yeah, thank you for the, for the intake or the, okay. the analysis. Thank okay. you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Chris in Everett. Hey, Chris. Hey, John. Hey. You know, I was wondering, uh, did you watch that, 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 uh, that baseball game, the Yankees and the White Sox? The... No, I, I did not. Oh, I, under, okay. I understand it was great. Oh, yeah. You know what? It's great. Man, it, you know what? I, I watched that movie, The Field of Dreams. I'm like, yeah. that was about 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then 30 years later, I'm like, wow, they're really playing it. And now it came true. <laughs> I know. Isn't that great? Oh, I, mean, I know. And the, the, this this lady, um, like, what, two, about what, like three years ago, she passed away and she wants, um, so she wants, like, a, like, from the Major League team, she wants some Major League team to play there or some baseball team. But, and, and a few years later, but that's that's really sad. So she passed mm-hmm. away, but I'm glad it did happen. Yeah, it was really awesome. So, anyways, questions about the Hawks? Yeah. Um, do you do you have an update of that tight end? Scott, uh, he re-injured. Uh, yeah. Colby. Uh, Col- Colby. Which, Colby. Parkinson. What's going on with him? 
he you know, he rebroke the bone that he broke last year. Now he's not going to have surgery, but uh, you know he's certainly going to miss time into the regular season. But he he did suffer the break. He's going to be out a lengthy period of time. When he comes back, is going to be a big question mark. But at least uh, today we find out he doesn't have to have surgery. Huh. So do you think he might? Um... Might be out for the season. No, or I don't maybe, think. No, I mean, no, he'll be out into the regular season, but he's not going to be out for the season. Oh, that's good. So yeah, so um, like on social media here, I um, uh, well, their offense for the Seahawks for this year, they can't be their number one offense instead of the number one defense. Can they do that this year? I mean, I, I don't understand the question. So, like, I mean, obviously their uh, their offense has a chance to uh, rate higher than their defense, but I think their defense has a chance to get much better than it did last year. I mean, offensively, I mean, they should be, you know, maybe in the top seven. Where defensively, you know, they may be up to twelve or eleven at the best. I don't know if they can get into the top ten, but uh, you know, yeah. uh, clearly it's like one of those things where it's like, okay, we'll see how good it can go. Hmm. You think they might get to the Super Bowl this, like this coming up season, the Seahawks? Well, I mean, I, I think they're in the mix. Oh, that's cool. Hey, uh, what is the um, the odds for the Mariners to get to the playoffs this year? You think they can or cannot? I, I don't think they'll make it. I think that uh, the odds yeah. aren't very good, you know, because, again, you look at all the teams. I mean, say what you want about the Yankees. I know that, uh, you know, Rizzo is out right now with COVID-19, but, uh, you know, I, I, I still look at their that murderer's row they have in the middle of the lineup, you know, getting Joey Joey Gallo and having uh, all those hitters there. That's that's going to be tough. Mm-hmm. And I think, uh, you know, you've got Oakland who looks, you know, they look good. I, I just think right now uh, they're just not up to that level, but I think at least they're going to be in the race toward the end of the season. Yeah. It was uh, the games from from last week. It was horrible. The Mariners stranded 10, 10 runners on base. That's horrible. Oh, it is. Yeah, I agree. Yes, this is horrible. But um, so, anyways, John. Hey, you have a great um, weekend with your wife, and you take care. Okay, sounds good. Eight six six nine seven nine ESPN two zero six four two one ESPN. John Clayton Show seven ten ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. We're also taking your text questions. We can do that on the Mac and Jack's text line at 710-710. But let's go to Risco in Tacoma. Hey, Risco. Hey, John. How we doing? Good. I just got back from Alaska. Oh, great. How long were you up there? Um, a week, oh, like ten days. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's so, so, so you missed ten day, ten days of this heat. Yes. That's good. You want some salmon? Uh, not really. No. Okay, let's just go to the questions. Jordan Brooks, what's the do he does he need to take to be a better linebacker this year? I mean, just continue to uh, play. I mean, that's the big thing is that uh, he, he did such a good job last year. He has such good range. He's got great instincts. And now, you know, that, uh, you know, he's going to be the weak side linebacker. I think that uh, you'll, you'll see some real good things. So it's like, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, I know earlier I was talking about the idea. It's like, okay, if you draft a guy as a playoff team, 
usually you're getting a second round grade. And naturally, John Snyder had a second round grade on him, uh, but and wanted to trade down into the second round to be able to take him. But you know they had no trade offers. That's because you know Green Bay was the only team willing to trade up, and they did it for uh, Jordan Love. So nothing worked out there. But uh, you know, I mean, he he looks like a real good outside linebacker. And of course, now that he advances from being strong side to weak side, he gets to play you know probably you know sixty snaps or whatever. And I think he's going to do very well. And what kind of contract are are is Jamal Adams getting? Well, it looks to me to be a four-year deal. Uh, $17.5 million is going to be the average. That's pretty well where it's all heading. And then it's a matter they've offered him $38 million in uh, guarantees upon signing bonus. He wants 40 And, you know, normally uh, these things go, particularly if you went above where they wanted to go for the average, which they did, is that uh, you get, you know, basically two times the, uh, you know, the, yeah. the, the average and uh, so he should get 35, so he's getting 38, and to ask for 40 and holding things up like that is just totally unreasonable and not good. And so it's like, you know, he's got to settle for it because it's not, then they'll pull the offer and uh, he'll have to he'll go in the franchise tag and not be a happy player. I mean, you know, 17.5 million right now is 2.25 million over the highest paid safety in the league. Take the deal. And one more thing. So I'm going to be at my first Seahawks game mm-hmm. in, like, probably September, October. Do you want to meet up at the game? Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, I'm so busy with the broadcast uh, because, you know, at least this year, I've got, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to, because, you know, like tonight I'm going to be doing the uh, Raiders sidelines from home. But then once we get into the home games and, of course, in the regular in the regular season on the road games, you know, it's like I'm so tied up because, again, you know, I've got to do uh, you know a spot early uh, to, you know, get the news and stuff like that. I have to be down, you know, 90 minutes before the start of the game to get the inactives. So it's like I'm pretty tied up on the sidelines. So unfortunately, no, no time to do anything other than work. All right. I still love your show, though. Oh, Risco, thank you so much. I'm glad you had, I hope I'm glad I'm glad you had a good time in Alaska. Okay. Um bye. bye. And Thank I love you. Your show. Okay, appreciate it. 866-979-ESPN 206-421-ESPN John Clayton Show 710 ESPN Seattle.